Welcome back to another episode of Awakening Through COVID-19 with me, Manaz. In today's episode, I will be speaking with a lady who inspires me hugely, Kimberly Hare. Kim is a writer, teacher of the three principles understanding, facilitator and coach. After running a successful business for 35 years, she now focuses on supporting individuals, groups and communities, including young people. All her work is done in the gift. These days, Kimberly spends most of her time helping people to face our climate and ecological predicament from a place of resilience, well-being and courage through retreats, webinars and one-to-one conversations. Welcome, Kimberly. So welcome, Kimberly. Thank you for joining me today. Delighted to be here. Thank you. It's a pleasure. So can I just check in on how you're doing um, today on the 28th of January 2021? Sure. Yes, thank you for asking. I'm, I'm really well. I'm really well and uh, I'm excited to be speaking with you. Thank you, Kim. It's super exciting to be speaking with you too. I know you've got so much wisdom to share. I'm really looking forward to what comes out of this conversation. So I'm I'm curious to know this this conversation is around our experience of COVID nineteen. But um, mm-hmm. the first thing I'd like to know is how has your experience been through this time? Yeah, um, it's been mostly a reminder of how privileged and lucky I am. Actually, um, mm. so, so the suffering. And the losses through this pandemic are awful. And and I feel that every day. Um, Mm. In fact, my next door neighbor has um, just yesterday been taken into hospital by ambulance. But just thinking of me and Ross, you know, my husband, so you could say selfishly, it's actually been a rich and wonderful experience. I'm so Mm. grateful that we have a garden. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and um, as we'll explore later you know it's it's had lots of gifts um, as well as uh, limitations Mm. Um, um, and I have to say that some of the things I may share on this podcast may be difficult to hear for some because I believe in many ways the pandemic is a symptom of a far greater predicament that we're facing Um, and so for the past two years, I've made it my business to really educate myself about climate change, ecology, the biosphere, economics, politi- politics, politics, mm. um, the history of civilizations, as well as the psychology of change. Um, mm. and, and as a result of all of that, I'm one of a, a rapidly growing number of people that believes um, that this society, this civilization is unraveling um, and, it, you know, societal collapse, civilizational collapse is likely inevitable and, in fact, already unfolding in, in, mm. in different parts of the world. And, by the way, this wouldn't be odd because every single civilization before us has collapsed. Yeah. <laughs> so it would actually be odd if it didn't. Yeah, it's like a cycle, isn't it? Yeah, and it, it takes, a, you know, a certain kind of hubris to to think that we're special and different. Mm. Um, but there are two vital differences this time when, you know, if you compared us to, say, the, 
Roman civilization or the Aztecs or whatever. Uh, number one is we have exceeded the carrying capacity of our planet. And mm -hmm. number two is globalization and, the, you know, how in interconnected we all are means that the coming unraveling and collapse would be planetary wide, although um, obviously not all necessarily at the same time. So it would be kind of patchy and messy and happening in different places at different times. Mm -hmm. um, but the challenge is by no means limited to reducing carbon emissions. There are many other related issues, including mass species extinction, ecosystem collapse, both on land and in the oceans, climate-created refugees, um, the loss of ice, massive meat mm. release, and likely, I'm afraid to say, future zoonotic virus pandemics. Um, so my thinking about what may be coming our way, it doesn't mean I've given up, far from it. I'm totally, yeah. totally engaged in doing meaningful things in the world that would come under the heading of supporting people and helping them to prepare and adapt to what may be a very different way of life. And importantly, building local resilient communities which are based on love, kindness, compassion um, and, and helping each other. Um, but, yeah, that's why I say that, you know, the coronavirus, despite, you know, how it's on every front and centre on everybody's mind at the moment, for, yeah. me, for me it's, um, it's you may have seen there was a meme doing the rounds on social media last year of the three waves. I don't know if you saw it, but it was kind of a, a smallish wave that said COVID-19. Mm. And then a bigger wave coming on the back of that, which says recession. Right. And, and then an even bigger wave coming after that, which is which is labelled climate change. So, mm. so, you know, this for me is, um, as I say, it's terribly sad. And I have a lot of, um, you know, I really feel for the struggle and the suffering that people are experiencing. But it's not the whole story. Yeah. I hear you. I can sense the change in the air anyway. Whether you look at politics or economics, I mean, it, it, it is, there is a sense with many conversations that I've had with thought leaders that something is, is inevitable in terms of change. Yeah. Which we have no control over. No, no, no. And, and you know, in my some of my self-education about, the history of civilizations, I hadn't realized this, but it's been very well studied. And there are kind of several um, identifiable stages. And in the last stage, which is called stage six, one of the things that always happens, always, is people start to um, almost worship um, celebrities, sports stars, and musicians. So I don't know. I don't know if that rings any bells at the moment. <laughs> it does. Does that include politicians as well? Well, I don't think there's much worship of politicians uh, right around now, but I may be reading the wrong papers. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on who we speak to, but I get it. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So with the, with these things in mind. Um, and the prediction of where we're heading for our planet, for people, for civilization. 
and and based on what you've learned, like if there were three three things that you could share, yeah, with the listeners out there right now, what would the three things? I mean, lessons that you've learned that help them in their lives. What would those three things be? Yeah, great question. So the first one I would say is to live in the present moment as far as possible. Um, mm-hmm. I know that's easy to say. Uh, you know, it's sometimes said if you want to experience guilt, regret and shame, go and visit the past. Um, and if you want to experience anxiety, grief, despair, go visit the future. Um, yeah. What I've discovered, and I'm not the first person to say this by any means, that in the present moment there is zero suffering. Yeah. And by the way, I'm not saying we shouldn't suffer mm. or that any feeling is bad or wrong, but it's, it's just been a fascinating journey of discovery for me. And I guess it's what spiritual teachers from most you know, yeah. modalities have been pointing to for centuries. But there is a, there's a distinction I've noticed. Um, mm. I've seen that there's a way of staying in the present moment which feels like numbing or distraction. It mm-hmm. feels like pain avoidance, like like sticking my fingers in my ears, and it doesn't feel good. Yeah. Um, and I often say to people, I think the energy of trying to avoid painful feelings can often be worse than just feeling them. Mm. Right? Um, but there's another way of living in the present moment that feels, I want to use the word sacred, it's rich and meaningful it doesn't feel like wasting time or, or just satisfying my own selfish needs and desires. I feel, mm. connected, I feel connected with truth and wisdom and the whole of life. And it feels like surrendering to life, not in a despairing way, but in a way that kind of stands tall and accepts reality as it is and how, how magnificent it all is. <laughs> so that would be my first thing um beautiful the the other thing is everything that makes our lives truly meaningful is still available i think um even in lockdown yeah even in uh you know unraveling of society so everything that's made my life meaningful and continues to do so is still here. And although there will be challenges and, and um, suffering for many, those important things will still be here. So I'm talking about love, connection, meaning, purpose, joy, gratitude, learning, mm. creativity, resilience, peace of mind, um, like that. That doesn't. That's that's all still available. Yeah. And and you know I'm, I'm I've really seen that through. See, because I think a lot of the reason people are suffering where they're suffering psychologically, and mm. I, make, I make a distinction between that and suffering. You know, if they have the if they have the virus, yeah, uh, or one of their loved ones is just you know. Um, got it or died or something like that so I'm talking about psychological suffering but a lot of that comes from um in my view 
not understanding who and what we truly are um, before and underneath our circumstances, and also not really understanding where our experience is coming from, actually. So it, it looks like to many people, um, because we're in lockdown uh, or because the schools can't open or whatever it is, um, that's what's making them feel hopeless or depressed or whatever. And, and I'm just so grateful for the um, what I've seen about the way the human mind works and the way the human experience gets created moment to moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Wonderful. And what's the third thing? Well, um, I think it's actually uh, something one of my mentors said to me last year that really resonated with me. And it feels incredibly good, especially when I'm in that second type of living in the present that I mentioned. Yeah. Um, He said, every moment, every interaction can be imbued with these three things. So the first thing is, wow. I mean, just wow. (laughs) Just, you know, being alive. Um. The second thing it can be imbued with every single moment is thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And again, I don't, I'm not saying any of this as a technique. No. But to kind of genuinely feel that gratitude yeah. for every moment, for every, every time you um, experience nature, every time mm. you have a deep connection with another human being. Yeah. Um, uh, and the third one um, was and 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 possibly goodbye, <laughs> possibly goodbye. So wow, thank you, and possibly goodbye. And I found, like again, not not because I'm consciously trying to do that, but my experience over the last couple of years does feel more than ever like every moment is imbued with those three things. That is so beautiful. It's just, it's just, I don't, I don't have words to to basically explain how that's felt just landing with me. Um, I mean, it's, it's so liberating those three things that you've just mentioned. Um, Yeah. Yeah. In terms of, in terms of, I think a big part of this that I'm hearing is is being okay with not knowing. Absolutely, yeah. The possibly goodbye is huge. Yes, yes. And being that, okay with uncertainty, being okay with not being in control. Exactly. Um, yeah, very, very important. And you know the the. The ironic thing, of course, is we've never really been in control, but we, we kind of sort of kidded ourselves that we are. Yeah. Um, it's, it's the map that we've been taught, really. Yeah, absolutely. So has has there been – thank you for them, that, Kim. It was just beautiful. Um, has there been anything that has helped you through this time? I mean, you've mentioned the things that are meaning, meaningful for you and having them with you 
at all times. But I'm just wondering in terms of from the creativity point of view or something that's been created by another, is there something that's helped you through this time? Oh, sure, yeah. Um, community, certainly. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though it's been online. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm a member of, of several kind of communities that we meet regularly and that's incredibly nourishing. Um, nature, certainly. Mm-hmm. Music, certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I said before, the, the, the understanding that I've had insights into over the last 12 years, um, yeah. which, you know, I could call a sort of psycho-spiritual understanding of mm-hmm. um, what it's all about and how it all works. Um, mm-hmm. So those, those things in particular, I would say. Nice. And... What what is and I get the sense that you've because you've been experiencing all of this um, awareness, self awareness, and and understanding who you are and how the world works and how we work. I'm I'm wondering if if there will once the doors are open, everyone's vaccinated, and everything is back to being open again. Yes. I know it will probably be very different for you, but, I mean, this is a question that I've asked everyone. I'm curious to know what your answer is, but what is your new normal? Mm. What will that be for you? Yeah. Um, well, as you can imagine, I, 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 uh, I, I don't share, I guess, the mainstream view that, you know, oh, let's get back to normal. Mm. Because I think it's normal that's got us in this mess. Yeah. Um, I mean, my my normal now uh, is like almost everybody else: zoom, 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 zoom. Yeah. <laughs> also, um, growing food. So my daily routine has changed very much. Um, mm-hmm. So caring for my veggies. Uh, which is a, a fairly new feature for me. Becoming fitter, stronger, healthier, um, mm. which has never, strangely, never really been like a number one priority before, um, but it, it kind of is now. Um, nice. Well, not a number one, but it's certainly up there in the top three. Yeah. And I spend more time these days in deep reflection about what's most important now rather than um like activity 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 Hmm. and so the insights from that reflection guide me about what to do next it's almost like having sort of an inner gps yeah so i guess more being rather than just doing when things become open again Hmm. um i mean i don't feel like there's anything i desperately need i miss facilitating my workshops uh, yeah. face to face just because you know I, I think that's um, when I probably come most alive um, mm. I do look forward to lots of hugging me too yeah um, and yeah so I'm, I, I miss I miss those things um, but I I as you would probably be able to predict from my, you know, from what I've said about the climate and ecological predicament, I'm certainly not 
planning on getting on a plane and flying somewhere on holiday because um, mm. I, you know, won't be doing that again until they invent a, a, a very different kind of aeroplane. TARDIS. Um, yes, yes. Um, and so I think even when things are open again, we'll continue uh, with a much simpler a much, much simpler life. Hmm. Um, I've stopped, I mean, my, you know, our consumption of things, stuff, clothes, um, you know, upgrading devices, mm-hmm. <coughs> all of that's gone out the window. And do you know what? It doesn't make a jot of difference yeah. to our uh, quality of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah. Can I, can I tap into something here, which is something you mentioned last year, I think it was, about your work in terms (laughs) of going into the space of gift economy. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm curious to know, what 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 is what does that mean first of all and and how will that shape what happens when the doors open right um, if it does it all in any way yeah no it doesn't really i mean i made the decision to do that um bef- before the pandemic right um and, and I again, I realise I'm exceptionally privileged. I made a lot of money over 35 years when I was running my business. Mm-hmm. So I'm in a position to be able to do everything for nothing. And I, and I really like it and it feels really good. So, mm-hmm. um, so no, I don't plan to start, I don't plan to change that um, mm-hmm. at all. Uh, at all. Um, it's my little radical rebellion against this um <laughs> this this kind of infinite growth you know um yeah economy where it where it's all about money 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 um mm. and i've realized as i say that that you know not everybody is in a position to choose but i am and so i have mm. i love the rebelliousness in yourself i really do. <laughs> <laughs> um so is there, and you may have already done this because of where you've been over the last few years, um, is there anything else that it's time to let go of? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I've, I feel like I've already done this, but I'd like to see others begin to mm-hmm. let go of this obsession with infinite economic growth. Um, mm-hmm. And a controversial one, Menage. Um, mm-hmm. I've let go of hope. Now, wow. yeah, but let me explain what I mean because it's it's um, I completely changed my view about it, and and I think you know you've known me for quite a long time. I've always seen myself as the ultimate optimist, positive yeah. thinker. You know, in fact, I've often been accused of being you know naively optimistic or or being a Pollyanna. <laughs> uh, but I I've seen that hope. And this, this is a quote from one of my other mentors. Um, hope can be denial in drag. I love that. Um, or at least when it's hope for a materially, a materially better future or where it's hope that 
somebody's going to come and sort it all out and save us. Mm. There is hope that there's going to be some kind of last-minute techno fix. And, and what I've seen is that hope is such an unchallenged thing in our society, especially like you and me who've lived in that kind of personal yeah. development world, human potential world. Yeah. Surely you have to hope or else there's despair. And what I've discovered is that's not true. Mm. That's not true. It's not been my experience. Mm. And I remember, I don't know if you ever saw this, there was a wonderful commencement speech by Jim Carrey a few years ago. I did, yeah. Um, and he said, you know, forget hope. Hope is a beggar. Choose Choose faith instead. Yeah, beautiful. Faith in our capacity, our innate well-being, regardless of circumstances. So mm -hmm. I still have enormous faith in, you know, the human spirit, the human capacity. But the trouble yeah. with hope is it can be a kind of bargaining and, it, mm -hmm. and it's outcome dependent. So when things don't work out the way we would prefer, then we have to feel hopeless. So I've seen that the flip side of hope is fear. Yeah. And I'm reminded of that wonderful George Bernard Shaw quote, this is the true joy of life, the being used for a purpose recognised as a mighty one, the being a force of nature instead of a feverish, selfish little clod of ailments and grievances, <laughs> complaining that the world will not devote itself to making you happy. I love that. Brilliant. So one of the other things I let go of or am letting go of is, is, is clients, is coaching clients. And even though I don't charge them anymore, yeah. I've, I've been firing some of them. I still love them. Yeah. And I know it's completely innocent and human. But mm. I just decided, like, I decided back end of last year, I feel I'm spending too much time listening to clients who sound to me like feverish, selfish little clods of ailments and grievances. Wow. Um, you know, you know the sort of stuff, um, I've had a row with my sister and, you know, I'm not talking yeah, yeah. Or, or, you know, or tell me how to grow my business so I can make more money. Yeah. So very human. Yeah. It's all me, me, me rather than we, we, we. And I don't want to do that anymore. Mm. I don't want to do that anymore. Now, it's not not to say that somebody shouldn't do it, um, yeah. but but I'm very conscious of um, – it's back to that thing about what's most important now. Absolutely. And to me, what's most important is um, supporting, educating, influencing, preparing and adapting – Hmm. rather than helping people to um, to kind of uh, create what they think they want in the old paradigm. Right. And it makes complete sense because if you do support that, you're going against where you're at right now. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. takes you back and not forward. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so that's one of the things I notice I'm letting go of. I still do a lot of coaching, um, mm. but it's with people who are awake to the predicament and are really struggling with what does this mean now for me and, and the people I care about. 
Mm. Um, and that's that's become much more meaningful to me yeah wow amazing thank you for sharing that kim i mean i'm, I'm sensing that it's something about community it's yes. it's uh yes it's, it is the we it's the community it's the the awakening almost yes absolutely so it's kind of you know um i guess <laughs> I guess it's doing my bit to um, reduce suffering, to extend the glide in a way, mm. to, to create a softer landing. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, put crudely, when the shit hits the fan, I would rather be in a, in a resilient, loving community where we help each other out. Hear, hear. I hear you. I hear you. And, and actually yeah. what's been interesting since since the pandemic hit in, in terms of my own community, you know, these mutual aid groups have been popping up around the UK yeah. and yeah. And just to see the the compassion, the support, the will to not have hierarchy and, yeah. and just to yeah. be equal, supporting yeah. each other. Is- yeah. Yeah. So, um, and you wanted a piece of music, I think. Yes, I and thank you for the link. Um, oh, I just heard it before you came on. It was beautiful. <laughs> Isn't it lovely? Yeah, and it was inspired. The reason I've chosen that, it's called You Can't Eat Money by Aurora. And mm. I've chosen it because of the Cree proverb that inspired it, which was, when the last tree has been cut down, the last fish caught, the last river poisoned, only then will we realise we can't eat money. Yeah. Yeah. So but let's hope more of us, us realise it before that, eh? Yeah. It's, it seems to be happening at different levels in different ways. Um, is there is there any wisdom in this moment that shows up for you that you'd – I mean, there's so much that you've shared already, and I really appreciate your honest, open, you know, truth. Is there anything that you'd like to wind this conversation up with in terms of sharing some wisdom with the listeners out there? Yeah, well, I just, I mean, let's bring it back to COVID-19 just just as we finish. Mm. I think one of the questions that you said you might ask was what's my relationship like with the virus? Um, And... I do get I do get rather tired of everybody talking about you know the battle the war with this virus um, you know it's it's a living thing that wants to live and multiply um, just like we are yeah and um, you know the the health of our planet plays a super important role in spreading or containing all of these zoonotic diseases. Um, You know, so again, I bring it back to, um, you know, it's these human-mediated factors that are driving the increasing emergence of zoonotic diseases like COVID-19, the global climate crisis, unsustainable farming practices, a growing demand for wild animal protein, like we we created the conditions for this, so you know I think probably the vast majority of pe- people right now have got no idea 
that 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 these two things are linked our yeah. be our behavior and this pandemic but they are they're very very closely linked mm. yeah so i don't know if that's wisdom but like i just um you know it's it's a it's a virus that's doing what life does feel free to comment and share and i look forward to our next conversation on awakening through covid-19 until then take care <laughs>